airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Will, you'll let me know if mm-hmm. our connection gets a little bit sketchy, if we need yes. to do anything. Um, we're having some technical issues here. And uh, so we'll be working on that just to make sure that we get any kinks worked out. Um, Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the Addisons. As Mm -hmm. you know, um, our aim and our focus is on the family Mm -hmm. and living as biblical Christians in uh, 21st century America. In fact, what is it to live as a Christian uh, around the world? And so we look at what's happening in the world and how that pretends the return of our Lord, that we keep our focus on him. And everything that we're facing, yeah. Um, the question is, how do Christians respond? Like, how do we live with Jesus Christ uh, preeminent in our life? And so today's show, we'll focus on that. Um, the question, the, the topic is uh, Christian conscience and mm. biblical conviction. Christian conscience and biblical conviction in the midst of everyone sort of, and again, I say everyone, my instinct is to correct myself, but then, Will, <laughs> you're going to correct me correcting myself and say, no, everyone. <laughs> God, just speak it. It's just it, well, it's just one of those things where, you know, my background is in public relations. Yeah, so yeah. we know that we are taught that words matter and, mm-hmm. you know, you can't yeah. be superfluous and you have to you have to be careful. Right, and, right. and so that's so, not my background. though. Well, that's OK. So you help me. You make <laughs> so me better. I have you. I have you, you. Yeah. Well, and Thank I have you. you. OK, well, there you go. <laughs> and um, and so anyway, we make each other a little bit better. Yes. I kind of, you know, you used to say all the time. So because you and I haven't always done radio together. No. No, you've been doing this long before me. Right. But working <laughs> together was different because you were like, man, I didn't realize how many disclaimers you give on radio. Yeah. You're like, why do you get so many disclaimers? Just say what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, the reason for that is because my brain is trained to think around all the dimensions of a conversation. Which is good. To think about what people will say, how they will object, uh, what concerns they will have. And so often that comes out in my communication. Yeah. It is thinking through what objections people will have even before hearing them. Yeah. And so it usually manifests <laughs> um, in disclaimers. And you're like, just say it. Yeah. No, you but know. that's a skill that you have That's I think is a good thing. I don't know if I'll it's, it's either a skill or a deficit. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, you know, I don't I'll know if it you. puts me at a disadvantage. Yeah. But you're anyway. Good. You're good. <laughs> uh, anyway. From, uh, you know, from whatever standpoint that you look at where we are in this country, everybody's Mm -hmm. affected. You know, all of us, our lives are a little bit different for Mm -hmm. in just to various degrees, I guess. Our lives are just different and we're responding to what's happening in the best way that we know how. And I just want to make sure we, the Addisons, just want to make sure that the quote unquote best way we know how includes the preeminence of Christ in our lives. Amen. Amen. Let that be the best way. 
that we know how, which is to model Christ and to model biblical allegiance. And that's what we're constantly calling for. Like, yeah. why do we do the things that we do? Why are we engaged in the culture? Why are Amen. we engaged politically? Why are we active? The question has to always go back to who has taken hold of us. Who yes. are we held captive by? And if it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, then then all you're doing are just your own human efforts and, mm. and anybody can do that. But mm. what we want to be found doing is responding in every situation according to biblical conviction. And that's we want right. to have a consistent response to that. And so one of the things that's been on my heart, you know, I was responding and um, we were talking about the government's move to give aid to the American people. And yeah. my big position has been this, um, that you have the American people's money. That's my position, mm-hmm. you know, and of course I'm not an economist. I don't, you know, understand all of the ins of and outs of that. And so I want to stay in my lane here. But I will say this as an American citizen, as someone who's paid taxes for decades, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, um, I'm saying that, you know, the, the government has they they have the money of the American people and right. they've been able um, to date to really kind of spend that. However, they have seen fit and. You know, it's unfortunate that we feel like we send representatives who are going to vote according to our interests. But what we know for sure Mm -hmm. um, that happens is that we send people who, once they are sent, don't represent. (laughs) Okay. Bumper sticker? Can we, can we, you know, (laughs) I don't know, something. Uh, Right. Whenever it rhymes, it's it's catchy. I could be a rapper. Um, But we know that this is true. And so what often happens is you have the money of the American people Mm -hmm. not being directed according to the will of the American people. And Mm -hmm. so my response in this, you know, coronavirus pandemic and the talks of, you know, what kind of aid needs to go where is that the American people need to be considered first. That's what I'm saying. Now, um, in the wake of having said that, you know, I'm reading all of these different stories mm-hmm. and I'm looking at these different plans and packages. And there's been several of them that have been kind of batted around right. where they're determining how money is to be allocated, where it's to go and how it's to get there. And again, I always say to you, Will the Great, I'm like, you know, I don't have a background in this. I don't mm-hmm. have a background in that. But I'm right. like, that is not the way I would do that. Mm-hmm. That is not, you know, I mean, I think just... Somebody who manages a household. Yeah. Okay. Right. You just. I think many people do that. They're like, uh, you know, I think many people do that. That's not. Yeah. That's not how I would do that. And you say, I'm not really sure that, you know, things would get where they need to go. And most recently I was uh, reading an article. I was reading an article from the Daily Wire that was um, uncovering um, Pelosi's influence on the Democrats version of a quote unquote stimulus package that involves. All of their interests, things that are exactly. unrelated to the coronavirus. And see, and see that's, that's the thing. When you have these things yeah. like this, you know, both sides, they would try to put in something, you know, that, that is very true. That's not related. And a matter of fact, I saw true. where the, they tried to pass this stimulus. They call it a stimulus a bill yeah. um, for a second time and it failed. In mm-hmm. the Senate. You know, but, mm-hmm. and I, it, it's because I guess whatever the Democrats want. That's not in there or, you know, they want it to be in there. That's that's why we got to be watchful about this kind of stuff, because, man, they'll slide stuff in on top of things that's not supposed to be in there. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, what that's does this right. have to do with helping people 
that are been, that's been affected by this virus. You well, know? like early voting, early voting, same day voting, mm-hmm. um, voter registration, same day voting, those kinds of things. Um, um, you know, other types of, of self-interest where you talk about getting, I guess, what you would call the Green New Deal packaging uh, in there. You know, wow. th- those types of things. <laughs> um, taking the opportunity to chastise corporations on how their boards look. So this is going to mm. be woke coronavirus aid. Mm. I mean, I mean, seriously, <laughs> seriously, the, no doubt, like <laughs> aid for Planned Parenthood, all of these things that you look at and you say, well, w- wait a minute, you know, what does that have to do with the amount of gumbo you get in this serving? It doesn't. You know what I mean? That has nothing to do with nothing. I mean, like you, I mean, for example, there's a reporter who released some of the verbiage and some of the, the, the wording from um, the Pelosi package, which is what I guess we could all safely call it. Wow. But uh, one of the things that they're looking at is something called pay equity. So we're talking about, you know, what kind of aid needs to go to Americans, right? How can Americans get their money back mm-hmm. for the time being? That's mm-hmm. how I that's how I think of it, you mm-hmm. know. So if, if Americans are stuck and we don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, because actually what we really want to do when we talk about Christian conscience yeah. and biblical conviction, we want to talk about how the believer can avoid being Man. in this place to begin with. Come on. And, and that on. is where we want to spend the bulk of our time. Yeah. But we don't want to be tone deaf because there's current exactly. events, there's stuff that's happening. So we want to mention that to you. But again, we want to toggle back to what we know about eternity and what we know about the truth and the wisdom that's available to us in the word of God. And so that we don't have to find ourselves in a place where we're just sort of like, Oh my goodness, I I don't know how we got here. And it's very practical, but I guarantee you, you're going to need steel toes because even Mm. as we were preparing for this and talking about it, there are things that just will get provoked in you that you're Mm. like, man, can anyone do it? Yeah. Can anyone do it? Can anyone living in America do what the Bible says about money and wealth? Let's get our steel toes (laughs) on. Let's do it. Because, no, maybe on your own you can't do it. Mm -hmm. But in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the kind of self-control and the discipline that we need to do the things that are pleasing to God and beneficial to us. Amen. These things are pleasing to God and they are beneficial to us. But getting back to this Pelosi package, I mean, pay equity, where they compare pay among racial and ethnic minorities to see if everybody receiving, quote unquote, aid should receive the same amount. Mm. So this is, again, this is going to be woke stimulus. Oh, wow. This is woke stimulus. Corporate board diversity, corporate board demographic data needs to be made available to decide what kind of funds go to what corporations based on their diverse makeup. So if you don't have have, uh, enough brown and black and brown people. Around the table, it's not going down. You don't need any any stimulus or not as much. You don't need any (laughs) stimulus. (laughs) This <laughs> is just insane. See, that's the kind of but, stuff. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that that gets to me because I'm like, man, that has nothing to do with helping, you know, the, the people. And I, yes. I feel like they always try to slide that stuff in. Man, I, I really wish there was term limits. Get some of these people out of here, man. It's crazy. You've been saying that for so long. Man, dude. a lot of people like have been, been saying, saying that, that you so know, yeah. I think it needs yeah. to happen. If the president can have term limits, why can't these people in Congress? Right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you for for some of them. And, you know, um, um, I can I just say this is just so this is unrelated, but this just came back to my mind because, well, I J.D. has pegged which ones he thinks it is. Wow. He already knows which ones he thinks are going to just be. I mean, it's just like, you know, know. his question is always when we watch the news and we watch what's happening in politics. um, He is always asking me the question, how old is that person? How long have they been doing that? 
Like, you know, he he just a he's very time. curious about, you know, how long they're they're doing that. Yeah. Side note, because we, we mentioned that we need to be careful what we subject our kids to right. and, and make sure um, that we're not overloading our kids with information. So J.D., who suffers with allergies and all of that, you yeah. know, um, routinely has to be on a daily, you know, regimen of, of stuff. All right. right? And um, and so he comes in this morning and I just thought about this because of mentioning politics and J.D. is just very interested in this. But um, he comes in, he's he's sniffling and he's all stuffed up. And I said, I said, have you had silver? And he goes down his list. He goes silver, elderberry and um, uh, Claritin or something like that, you know. And I said, "Okay, well, you've had. And then (laughs) your son says, he goes, Mom, I think I got it. And I said, you think (laughs) you think you got what? And he goes. Need uh, hydro- hydroxychlor. What is it? What is it? Hi- hi- I said hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. No, you don't. What are you talking about? And then I go, you know what? We got to stop reading and talking about uh, this information yeah. in front of that one. Yeah. Everyone else can check out. The but this, one- this would have been going on whether it was Corona or not. <laughs> That's right. This is his no- That's right. It's like, come on, it's man. This is normal daily living. And look, anybody who's listened to the program, they already know because they're like, yeah, we've heard your son in studio. Right. <laughs> he, he constantly needs some type of nasal clearing passageway stuff. And, I mean, and, he's, he's you and know. that's the crazy point because all this is happening in his allergy season at the same time. So I think I some know. people are like, man, oh, you know, it, know, it just makes you. It, it, there's a lot going on. Yeah, can I just tell you, I've had some of the best conversations. You know, as we take the the steps to doing what. Um, is recommended. We don't want to operate in fear. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things where we are, we are employing wisdom, but we are not doing that in fear. And that can be a delicate balance, but it's one worth working out. It's one worth working out. The Lord will help us. But I have enjoyed just to say it this way. And and the reason I um, started with that as a disclaimer is because I don't want anybody to think that I'm doing anything rebellious. You know, there are certain things that you just have to do for your family, Mm -hmm. which is why you would call certain businesses essential, right? You have to get out there and you have to do some things. Uh, of course, not not things just for recreation, but right. um, just having to go to the store and things like that. Um, it has been such a blessing to me to stop and make a concerted effort to talk to these hidden heroes who are still stocking shelves mm. and who are still interacting with people on a regular basis. Um, right. It's been a blessing to um, locate and identify the body of Christ. Mm. It's amazing how the members of the body of Christ really stand out in situations like this. And I know we're often lamenting what we can do better as followers of Christ. But I got to tell you, um, I have been able, and I'm not the only one with stories like this, been able to identify members of the body of Christ and the way we have conversations in the frozen food section. (laughs) The way we talk about what's going on. And there is a consistent response that I'm finding which then leads to parking lot prayer. Of course, we're not touching mm. and agreeing, <laughs> just agreeing. And uh, where we are, we're responding with wisdom. But the the resounding word is, but we're not afraid. We're mm. not afraid. Like, we can't find the fear. Praise God. We don't need to have to search. You know what I mean? We don't need to be afraid. And so that's been an encouragement. All right, we got to grab the break. Then we'll get into the bulk of our discussion for today. Christian conscience, biblical conviction, during the coronavirus pandemic. Mm, All right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio, Unapologetic Christians here. We are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been ransomed mm. by the totally sufficient blood of Jesus Christ. That's Amen. a bunch of Christianese for you, but you're welcome. <laughs> you didn't know you needed to hear that, right? Like, we, <laughs> people are, we, we, have, we have lost our conviction of being publicly unashamed mm-hmm. of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we've gotten so good at being palatable to the world that we try to develop all of these ways of saying we're a Christian without actually saying it. Mm. Get out of here, man. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I've been purchased. Amen. <laughs> I've been Amen. purchased. So anyway, now we live accordingly. Welcome back. I'm Miki. And I'm Wills. And that's Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. And what a blessing. We have Jeff Reed over in Studio CC. And we'll open up the phone lines in just a little bit. Get your take on what you think Christians can and should do better um, to make sure that we don't find ourselves in a situation like this again. And again, this is not to, let me say this, this is not to assume that everyone is in the same situation. That would be ridiculous. Of course, everyone is not in the same situation. But I think that there's a fair amount of Americans, um, just even if you look at some of the numbers and you you think about the way Americans spend money and the amount of debt that Americans have, and it's almost just a given that Americans are going to have debt. That is almost a part of our way of life. And I got to tell you, Part of what is um, desired, even in this moment, if you look at some of the conversation around um, the aid that is going to Americans Mm. and, you know, the federal interest rate dropping and all of this stuff. um, If if you look at that, a lot of that sort of, you know, reminds us that the huge driving force behind our economy is that Americans are greedy. that we need Americans to be in debt. And Mm. so we need Americans buying things. We need Americans Mm. to not be content. We need Americans to want more and to always have their eye open for the latest. And And, and, and look, to that point, you know, when things begin to, the news was coming out more and more, man, you you saw so many people like hoarding. Yes. You know, and I, I think watching that, now I'm not saying you shouldn't get what you need. Right. But you saw some, folks hoarding and i think that says something you know uh, about us when you know when when we have that because you're you're taking what you need plus more plus but not more. leaving anything for other people who yep. may need as well and yep And that's a problem. I think that is a that is a revealed character flaw. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about how do we as believers, because here's the thing. And, and, you know, Will, we've been talking about this for a long time. Mm -hmm. The believer needs to attempt as best we can to carry out our mandate of being salt and light. All right. We need to be the aroma of Jesus Christ every single place that we go, wherever it is that we've been dispatched. So whatever our various jobs are, we need to live for the glory of God. And that needs to be like our first aim. That needs to be not an afterthought, but chief on our mind, first and foremost on our mind. And the benefit of that is that we change culture, even if politically we don't see things moving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if Christians hold the line where they are, we change culture even if we don't see things politically shifting. And you say, well, Miki, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's got to start from the top and then it's got to work its way down. Well, I will see you that. And um, and I'll also <laughs> present to you church history that says, no, that's not how it's worked. Mm. What we have seen is we have seen believers from the bottom up changing culture. Come on. That's what believers have always done. 
That's why we find the genesis of our faith in the type of restrictions and the type of, you know, private and secret meetings where, oh, you're a Christian. Well, come to this hot oil we have for you. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't see favor from the upper echelons of government in the genesis of our of our faith that's handed down to us. No, we don't. We see Christians making the type of incremental changes that involve them being out and being a witness of what has happened in their lives, mm. right? Yeah. And so if Americans take that type of approach, then that means we are going to and maybe not automatically, that may be oversimplifying it, but if Christians take that type of approach, then what that means is that we are going to by practice Right. By practice, Mm -hmm. live counterculturally. We're going to go against the grain of our culture and it will work its way again. as, As we've seen it happen in the history of our faith, it will work its way from the bottom up. So to that point, let's have just a toe stepping conversation about what Christians may need to think about in the future um, before we get to a place like this. So that there is not the type of panic where the American people are saying, well, I mean, I don't I don't want woke wording Mm -hmm. in this stimulus thing. I don't Mm -hmm. I don't want that. But I mean, we need aid. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where we're willing to kind of sell the farm because you know what I mean? Right. Because we need a tractor kind of a thing. Because when these things happen. When uh, devastation comes, the tragic events come and things like that, the Christian should be in a position of calmness and reliance on on God, not panicking like everybody else around the world should see the Christian and say, oh, man, something is different about how they're reacting to what's affecting us all. And how do you get there? And, and, And I think you get there by living according to the biblical principles that we have received. Right. So, for example, Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. And be content. Get that that scripture again. You you cut out. Okay, Hebrews chapter 13, verse Mm five teaches us to keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor Mm -hmm. forsake you. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. So let's have a conversation around that. Will, you made this point to mm-hmm. me maybe about a year ago, maybe two. I can't remember. My days all run together. But I thought this was something that was worth unpacking for the Christian. Okay. And you said that Christianity and the United States of America have kind of grown up and yeah. become enmeshed. Yeah. Right. Um, so the American um, experiment and Christianity, Mm -hmm. which is not an experiment, right, Mm -hmm. have (laughs) sort of grown up into this sort of one tree type thing Mm. where there are many Americans who think that the American experience is Christianity. Right. Right. We think it's just it's like it's sort of it's a part of our culture. Right. Right. And, And that's something that that shouldn't shouldn't have ever happened. Because, you know, Christianity is distinctly different from being an American. While, you know, there's no no shade upon being American. We're happy to be in this country. The church always has a a place of distinction. a matter of fact, I was uh, reading in the Old Testament and I was just reminiscing, you know, about how the children of Israel, God always had a distinction that he made between his people and the others. And so much so where... When Jacob, 
you know, was seeking for refuge for his his family. You know, when they were uh, when they were coming to the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh was, you know, uh, friends with, with Joseph. And he mm-hmm. said, but he knew that the Pharaoh didn't uh, take they didn't. Well, the people of Egypt didn't take to the shepherds being a part of that was an abomination to the Egyptians. And mm-hmm. so they were set to go to the land of Goshen. And even you see there, Goshen as, you know, uh, being separate from just living in Egypt. They couldn't mm-hmm. even, you know. And I think throughout history, you see that there's been a distinct uh, distinction between the people of God and the world. And mm-hmm. we know that we, you know, are to, to be witnesses to the world by our lifestyle and by our word. But at the same time, there, should, there shouldn't be a meshing of the two to where you can't even tell the difference anymore. In fact, and and to make sure that people understand us clearly, in fact, what should happen is what you saw maybe from the beginning, but then it sort of faded out. What should happen is that Christianity should influence the nation, not the nation influence Christianity. Yes. And so what we have had in our country is unfortunately, as time has gone on, we have seen this flip. So instead of Christianity influencing our culture, we have seen our culture influence Christianity. Now, how does that relate to what we're talking about today? Well, when our culture started to shift and change its thinking toward money, Mm. Mm. so did Christians. Mm. So when our culture started to say, hey, you know what, we're building a lot and Maybe we haven't saved for this, but we need it and we're going to buy it and we're going to buy more than we really need because that's just what people are doing. And we're going to update appliances every five years because that's just what people are doing. And our neighbors are getting more of this. So we need more of that. Um, In the late 70s and the early 80s, when people are getting credit cards, it used to just be for the rich and the elite. But now any old Joe's getting a credit card. And now, you know, it's 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 taking us down. But, Mm. hey, people don't know that from the outside. So instead of Christians saying no, 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 no. What does the word of God teach us? We just kind of joined in. And so the point that I'm making here, the point that I'm making here is that one of the things that I think for believers as we move ahead is that we need to consider how we live as it pertains to our resources mm. for the glory of God. Amen. So now in, in thinking this through, of course, we looked at, um, Several scriptures, First uh, Timothy chapter six, verse 10 teaches for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs through this craving, this this desire, this I must have it now automatically will the great. You know this mm-hmm. whenever you have a conversation like this, um, people go to their needs and, and think that you are confusing their needs with their wants. Mm. But I would argue that a lot of things we put in a category of needs are not needs. They're just strong wants. I agree. And many of the wants that we have are fueled by the type of world that we live in, where our world teaches us that we never have enough. We've always got to get more. Um, teaches us to sort of, you know, have to be better than our neighbor, mm-hmm. right? What I wanted to encourage the body of Christ in as we talk about this, and, and, and you know, maybe this is a conversation that we revisit on the other side of this, but I think that the Lord has a way of getting our attention yeah. and, and calling us back to the type of 
fidelity to scripture that we should have always had, right? Where we learn that we don't let our riches control us, right? We don't let our wealth dictate how we feel or what we do or where we go and all of these things, but we are led by the spirit of God. Amen. When we understand the way that our resources are supposed to work, not only for us, but also for the kingdom of God. I mean, Mm. and that's a big one. Mm. There can be, (laughs) there can be a whole show done on that. Mm. Just how our resources work for the kingdom of God. But when we understand how the resources are supposed to work for us, that we're not supposed to be enslaved to our money. We're not supposed to be enslaved to our money, not able to follow the Lord's leading, not willing to give things up because we don't want to have to be in that kind of situation, even if the Lord is calling us to it. And we kind of touched on that a few shows back. But when we get these things all in perspective, Will the Great, I'm convinced that we start to live counterculturally. We start to do things that maybe make people around us feel uncomfortable, because if you've got a lot of people around you, who are always spending, Mm -hmm. they're always going, they're always doing, they're always getting, they're always posting what they're getting. And you're not one of those people. Do you know what they do? They say that you're self-righteous. Oh, you're one of those people, right? Mm. Because what you're provoking in them is something that they know is right. That we're supposed to deny ourselves, Mm. that we're supposed to delay gratification, right? That we're supposed to practice being content. We practice being content. If it's not broken, I don't need to replace it. I don't care if someone gets a bigger one. Right. I don't need a bigger one than that. Right. When a new one comes out, that doesn't mean I have to get the new one if my old one is <laughs> is working fine. Exactly right. So here is my encouragement to the Christian. I want to appeal to our Christian conscience and our biblical conviction. And I want to say again, that even as our government is is trying to work all of this stuff out, again, we go back to this. That is not our source. Amen. That is not our source. And God never intended that that would be our source. He is our source. Mm-hmm. We look to the Lord. At the same time, we are very responsible with how the Lord um, chooses to bless us and what he chooses to give us. So, number one, I want to say this. And this is so simple, right? Don't keep up with the Joneses and no offense to the Joneses. Listen, the poor Joneses, they're like, man, we're good people. You know, (laughs) the Joneses everywhere. They're like, we are good people. Don't keep up with them. Right. And and the good people, I'm sorry to the Jones family. Um, But you guys understand what I mean. Yeah. So that that means avoiding looking upon what your neighbors are doing, what Mm. your neighbors are getting and and thinking that you need to match that, that you need to live like that. It's greed. It sounds like something that's in the Ten Commandments that we are uh, not supposed to be coveting. (laughs) Come on. You know what I mean? (laughs) Looking at and oh, I need to get one of those. Right. Oh, boy, where'd you get that? I need to get me one of those guys. That's still condemned. Right. Like we are still not to covet what someone else has. But so often this has become a way of life for us that we don't even hide it anymore. Mm. We we used to hide that. You know, you wait a couple of weeks and then you go get what somebody else has. You know, you wait a month or so (laughs) and then you just kind of, oh, you have one, too. Okay, great. And we don't even hide it anymore. (laughs) Now we talk about an open conversation. Mm -hmm. We say things like, where'd you get that? I'm getting (laughs) me one of those. Oh, I got to go get them. Like we don't even we don't even hide covetousness anymore. Wow. So don't keep up with the Joneses. Resist materialism. And I want to say this. I know we're headed to the break here. Yeah. Resisting materialism is not just online ads. It's not just avoiding it on social media. 
but it's also limiting your exposure to people who are materialistic. Because mm, it has an effect. It, Man, it, a big effect. It provokes in you yeah. a competition that is unhealthy. Come on, that's It good. provokes in you, oh, you got the latest? Then I've got to get... If you have those kinds of people in your life, one, attempt to disciple them. <laughs> Don't leave them to themselves. Yeah. Okay? But two, limit your exposure as they themselves work it out. Amen. Because it often provokes Man, in good. the believer a desire to compete with them that you didn't even know was in you. It's ungodly, guys. Yeah. It's ungodly. All right, we got to grab the break. We'll come back and open the phone lines up. Um, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Please stay right there. Wicked borrows, but does not pay. But the righteous is generous and gives. Psalm 37, 21. Mm. Psalm 37, 21. The wicked borrows, but does not pay. Mm. The righteous is generous and gives. Proverbs 28, 27. Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Proverbs 28, 27. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I want to talk to you. I have just a couple more thoughts I want to wrap up, but I want to get the phone lines queued up. Jeff Reed is over in Studio CC. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Mosaic MSC with Trimble. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. How can Christians uh, make sure that we appeal to the conscience that the Lord has given us and appeal to biblical conviction living in 21st century America as it pertains to our finances. That's what I'm talking about specifically. How is it that the Lord has set us up to avoid or to try not to be in situations right now where there is disaster? Do we have uh, methods in place to avoid that? And that's the conversation today. And you're welcome to join in in whatever capacity that you see fit on this topic, mm-hmm. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. few things I want to say just before we go to the phone lines. And we're talking about living counterculturally before we went to the break. Um, I suggested not keeping up with the Joneses. They're a wonderful family. Um, <laughs> but you just don't have to get everything that they have. Yeah. And uh, my call was to resist materialism. And then here is point number three. Raise generous children who are not entitled. Mm. Start right now teaching your children the value of money. Teach them that they are not the sun, that the world is not revolving around them, that all of their whims and all of their wants are not to be met just because they want it. Um, Teach your kids now to save. Little children can learn how to save. And until they've mastered it on their own, Well, that's why they have you. You save it, whether or not they understand it or whether or not they get it. You save it for them. You put it away from for them. And this might sound like a contradiction to what I just said when I when I'm saying um, teach children how to save. But I think you'll understand as I kind of get into this a little bit. Um, But also, as you teach children to save. Also make them spend their own money. 
<laughs> as early as you can, when they start receiving birthday money and they're getting, you know, little Christmas gifts or whatever it is, if it's financial, whatever, you teach them to save, but then you also teach them to spend their own money. Why? Because from the earliest point that you can, you are teaching them that money doesn't is not a bottomless pit. Mm. Right. That it doesn't just keep coming from nowhere. It doesn't that if you spend it, (laughs) you will lose it. It's gone. Right. So you have to teach them the value of this. And the sooner you start to do this, the sooner you make responsible kids. Mm. Now, generationally, we have failed our kids. And let me tell you why. Because every time a generation has done better. We try to protect our kids from responsibility. Every time we've done better in the United States of America, we somehow think that we did better because, you know, maybe if our, our, let me say it this way. We think that our kids will do better than we did if they don't have to suffer as much as we did. Right. Mm -hmm. So we try to protect them from hard work. We try to protect them from understanding that money is connected to output. Right. It's not never ending. It's not you don't just get this, you know, this bag that you just there's always beans in it every time you go you go to it. And so when we start to teach our kids that you spend your own money and it starts to dwindle, then they will spend less. (laughs) Right. We've seen it. We've seen it. As soon as your kids start getting their Mm -hmm. own money, start Mm -hmm. earning their own money. We have a dear neighbor who I love so much, brother in the Lord, who will hire JD to do different odds and ends and Mm -hmm. he'll pay him a couple bucks here, he'll pay him five (laughs) bucks there and I love it, I love it because I'm like, he needs to understand that his work, his output is is connected to his income. Right. You know, and as soon as our kids can start learning that, they're responsible kids. You know, the kids who are entitled are the kids whose parents just give them whatever they want. Come on now. They can't tell them no. Mm. So these kids don't learn self-control. They don't mm. learn how to save. They don't learn how to deny themselves. Yeah. They don't learn how to delay gratification. It's okay to tell your kid no. In fact, I recommend it. And if you're one of those parents that you're like, well, I got told no a lot. My question is, are you, how are you doing? <laughs> how, no aren't you doing good? Word. <laughs> aren't you doing good? Aren't you, aren't you better for it? Aren't you better because you didn't just get everything you wanted? Didn't you learn the value of hard work? I am. Don't you take care of your things? Don't you tell your kid, put your foot down. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't play with that. Mm. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. These are all the things that we were taught that now somehow we feel we need to shield our kids from. And and look what we've created. We've created snowflakes. Mm. We've created entitled kids whose parents follow them to work whose parents want to write their term papers for them. Let's not do that, Christians. Let's not do that to our children. Biblical principles work. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to Kate in Ohio. Hi, Kate. Hi, Hi. how are you doing? Doing good. Hello. That's good. Um, I, I wanted to say I go along with everything that she's saying. These kids do not want to work. They uh, they want to get everything free. They want to get it handed to them. And they will tell you that if they don't get this and that, they'll absolutely die. <laughs> and that when you turn them around and you tell them, okay, then I'll call the funeral home, save the money, and make your arrangement. And that shuts them up. 
<laughs> I mean, that really shuts him up. You're right, Kate. I had a nephew yes, that did that to me. He wanted a computer. He wanted a printer. He wanted all this happy stuff. He wanted games to play on the computer. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's to the 2500 to 3200 zone now. What else do you want? <laughs> well, if I get all that for my birthday or Christmas, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't do that. I have bills. Mm-hmm. And he That's said, good. well, if I don't get it, I'll absolutely die. I said, okay, I'll save the money and call the funeral home and get your arrangements. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that shut him up. He didn't say no more to me. Wow. He didn't think that was funny. Right, right. I think it's funny, Kate, and <laughs> I bet you, he's Kate. better for it. I bet he's better for it. Look, we we can do a better job with our kids. We don't have to just lament the way they've turned out. We have some stake in that. You know yeah, what I mean? We, right. we we have some stake in that. We can do something about that. I mean, you just you just test them. You know, you you are building <laughs> character in your kid to tell them no. They don't have to have the latest this. They don't have to have the latest that. They don't have to keep up with the kids in their schools. All of these things that we do that we think is going to make better, um, more well-rounded kids. And we have found now that it doesn't. It just creates snowflakes. Yeah. All yeah. right, where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Renee in Kansas. Hi, Renee. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Hello. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Good. I love your guys' show. You guys oh, help me with my you. depression all the time. Oh, thank, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Anyways, I'm calling to say all these kids, I have a nephew, two nephews, and a niece. They're, they're let's just say, pride is a lot of kids' downfall. Because hmm. I didn't have that pride and be more humble. They would be better off. I got mm. maybe before. Yes, they you know, let me lesson. let me say this to, to Renee's point. Mm-hmm. That is an excellent point yeah. that Renee is making. And and listen, too many parents are endeavoring to live vicariously through their kids. I'm gonna give Man. you the type of life that I didn't have, yeah. right? So so I'm going to through you be the popular kid. Oh, Through you, I'm man. I'm going to show off how good I am yeah. by how good you look and how good you and what you have. So you've got the kids that've got the latest, all of this and that. Man, Let me just say this to ooh. you humbly and very carefully here. That's not a good return on your investment. Yeah, it's not a good return on your investment. And it damages the kids. It damages the kid. It makes them man. It makes them competitive, and dare I even say ungodly. Yeah. We don't want that in Christian kids. Right. We don't we don't want prideful kids yeah. who are materialistic, who are always seeking after money and what they can get. And what we want kids to be sacrificial. Yeah. We want kids who give. We want kids who delay gratification. This means that kids get told no. This means that you say, hey, Mr. So-and-so needs help on a project. Maybe he'll pay you. Maybe he won't. <laughs> but Mr. So-and-so is our neighbor mm-hmm. and we're going to go help him. You, you understand what I'm saying? We need yeah. kids who understand the value of both. All right. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Jerry in Memphis. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Will and Mickey. Hey. How are you guys doing? Is that, is that our Jerry? Yes, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Let me just clarify. Mm-hmm. This is Reverend Jerry. Oh. And this is the only time. <laughs> this is the only place I get to call be called or call myself Reverend Jerry. Okay. God so. bless you, Reverend. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hey, uh, two quick points. So first, one of the issues I think we need, one of the, one thing that would fix all these personal money problems that we have is a good inheritance. So mm. I blame my parents and grandparents for not leaving me more money and leaving me with the only option of going into debt. Jerry. <laughs> okay. okay. 
So you're hopefully welcome, you're doing a better job for your children, right? God bless you, Jerry. Look, and your daughter just heard that. She was like, hmm, uh-huh. okay. She's she just, like, I hope you learned that lesson, this, Dad. <laughs> she just wrote that in her yeah. journal entry. I should have I thought about this before I said this. I've never heard of it. She's going to God bless you. Um, God bless you, Jerry. Two. Yes. Um, you know, uh, by the way, great show today. Really, really good stuff. Um, on, a, on a more important point, the um, – so I know you guys talk a lot about how kids in public school and how we give them the, our kids to the schools for 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, you know, maybe an hour or two on Sunday and an hour on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that's been on my heart for a long, long time is to think about adults. I get off work at about 5 o'clock every day. I'm home 530 to 6. I'm going to be up until 10 to 11 every night. What am I doing with that time? Mm-hmm. I think the majority of us are filling that time with television. Mm-hmm. So that is public school can be for children mm-hmm. to make them more worldly and pull them away from God. We subject ourselves. I'm sorry, television is probably not the only thing to pick on. Yeah. Television, Netflix, whatever. Uh, You're right. Social, uh, social networks, etc. All of those things do the same thing to us as adults, mm-hmm. while we also train our children, this is what you do with your discretionary time, the time that you have choices to make. I don't mm-hmm. have any Come choice on. about going to work, but from 5 to 11 o'clock every night, I do have some choices. Yeah. And what am I doing with that? I think adults are being indoctrinated in the same way toward yep. idolatry, mm-hmm. just like our kids are where they are. So that was my only point. Yeah, no, Jerry, you're point, on the Jerry. money. You are on the money. Look, Excellent let point. me say something. I, I would like to challenge every Christian who is listening to this program at this moment, whether you listen later via podcast, I would like to challenge Christians who battle with depression and anxiety, who feel um, covetousness rising up in them on a regular on a regular basis where you're kind of like, I need this. I need that. Mm-hmm. I would like to challenge you to unplug for two weeks, maybe three, from social media Mm. and from television and see how you feel. Mm. I guarantee you that when you unplug from those outlets that something is going to change. The spiritual implications of social media, Mm -hmm. of television, of entertainment, of constant marketing, of constant ads that come up in our news feeds Mm -hmm. cannot be ignored. So I challenge you, two weeks. Unplug two weeks. We do this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. We often don't even make a big deal about it. We just right. unplug. We just, you know what? I, I, I got enough. It's the same thing. I got enough. We just, and, and you'll notice that our play, our pages will go silent. And they and, and it's just, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with it. Why? Because it starts to affect us spiritually. Mm-hmm. It starts to affect us emotionally. And these are the times where you got to take, you, you've got to take the position of leadership and say, you know what? enough. Mm-hmm. Zuckerberg's not going to do it. People no. like speak for yourself. No. He's already put me in jail. Well, he's not. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You got to do this for yourself. Will the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Pearl in Mississippi. Hi, Pearl. Good afternoon. You'll probably afternoon. hear from me quite often, Okay. but uh, my point is that we as Christians should help those that are weak in the faith, mm-hmm. that are weak in the faith. I'm blessed to still be working and I just have to ask the question, who can I help? Mm, who can I help? And that's so good. I go back to, you know, Second Timothy 1, 7. 
uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. Amen. We don't have to activate our sound mind. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Man, Pearl, Thank I you, love Pearl. that. I love that. I agree with you. That That is the question that we need to be asking. Who can we help? Amen. What is it that the Lord is calling us to do right now? And I got to tell you, Pearl, and this is not a throwaway because I really believe that the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. Yeah. This is not a throwaway. You ask him and he will lead you. You ask him and he absolutely will lead you. I have no doubt. Will the great, I don't know, can we squeeze in a 30 second call? If, it, if they're quick, we can go to. Here we uh, go. 30 seconds. Andy in Georgia. Hi, Andy. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. I'm trying to make this real quick. Okay. Uh, what we Christians really need to work on or, or to allow not to be having is the plays on the word, like turn to the cheek. We ain't supposed to be run over. We need to uh, be bold in our witness. Like Paul said, boldly make known the mystery of the gospel, which is love, by the way. Don't, and we don't need to just everybody will say we don't judge. And you'll use that term, don't judge. But if I will say judge, then be careful how you judge. We need to call each other out but in humility, but especially our children. And also pray for us dads, man, that, you know, don't be, get to be there with our kids all the time. And, you know, make mistakes, learn from them, you know what I mean? Mm, Amen. That's good. That's good. No, we do. Absolutely. Look, this is body life that we're talking about. That's this right. is body life that we're talking about. All right, we're out of time for today. Thanks for listening to Aaron the Addisons. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.